Welcome back to GRN Alive, Monday edition. I'm your host, Joe McLean. It is great to be back with you. Uh, we are joined right now by Zoom chat, Alan Smith. Uh, Alan, it's good to see you again. Good morning. Hey, good morning. It's great to be with you once again. Yeah, praise be to Jesus. Last year, you brought us this, uh, I mean, my catechism isn't this thick. It's a massive volume called The Cries of Jesus from the Cross, an anthology of Archbishop Fulton Sheen, which I loved. It was meditations from Archbishop Fulton Sheen on the seven last sayings of Christ on the cross. I highly recommend it. It's a wonderful book, especially if you're looking for something that would be perfect for the holy season of Lent. Sophia Institute Press puts that out. But uh, this year, we've got a new book, and I think you might have learned a few things about being more pithy and concise, or I should say, maybe Fulton Sheen did, because it's like not, it's a quarter, half the size, maybe. Uh, and it's called Lord Teach Us to Pray, an anthology of Archbishop Fulton Sheen. So I'm excited. I just got my hands on this this morning, uh, but I did have an electric copy to sort of uh, dive into before our interview today. So uh, that's the backstory on today's guest. Alan Smith is joining us, and we're talking about Fulton Sheen and prayer. So, Alan, why don't you tell us uh, what was your inspiration and motivation to write this particular book? All right. Um, like the first anthology, I wanted to represent Sheen to a whole new generation. And what better way than to introduce the story of the cross, uh, the greatest love story ever told. You know, God so loved the world that he sent his only son to die for us. He died for us on the cross. And Sheen was always sharing that great message. But along his journey uh, with us, and we journey with him, um, he was really always pointing us to prayer, saying to us, you need to pray. And I'm going to help you. And over the course of his 20 years on radio, uh, people would listen to the program, and they would then be invited to write to the station to receive the transcripts uh, from the radio broadcast. And every so often, he would produce these tiny little prayer books mm. uh, to give to people. And uh, people would order them in the hundreds of thousands Hundreds of thousands, not wow. 10,000, not hundreds of thousands. And, you know, I'm, I'm privileged in that I've pretty well read almost every one of Bishop Sheen's books. Every you know, one? Wow. Almost. Um, I've got time on my hand. <laughs> I've got a bit of time. And um, it's amazing. You can make time for reading. If you really want to read, you make the time. You really have to make the time. And so uh, behind me is, you know, his close to 70 books, his 20 years of radio addresses, his 30 years of newspaper columns. Uh, he was a prolific writer. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but yet he had this passion to bring souls to Christ uh, through prayer. And so he, of course, uh, like our Lord, uh, was asked, uh, Lord, teach us to pray. And our Lord taught the apostles, the Our Father. Uh, many of us over the years have asked Bishop Sheen the same thing. Can you help us with prayer? Mm. You seem to have a solid prayer life yourself. Uh, you know, you lead by example. You talk about the holy hour. You talk about prayer. Teach us. Teach us. And so he did that with these little prayer books. And uh, they're still around today. And uh, seeing this collection of prayer books, I thought, what a great idea. Let's put this together and uh, put it into a little package and give people Sheen's, uh, I want to say coaching mm -hmm. or tips, but he's going to guide us through prayer. And um, 
it, it's it's you know it's amazing how it unfolds, uh, but I think there's just a sheen gem after sheen gem after sheen gem yeah. in this anthology. But it was those little prayer books that I just brought together into one collection. So. Um, I, again, I've had the ability to look at it all, like yeah. lay the whole map out, and I see those gems. So um, I just pick the best of the best. So uh, save everybody a lot of time <laughs> and energy. Well, the thing about Fulton Sheen is he's mesmerizing. You know, I'll never forget discovering Archbishop Fulton Sheen for the first time. Uh, he, I found, I somehow came across, stumbled across his 1930s radio show recordings. And I just sat and I, I burned them onto CD and I would listen to them like over and over and over again. And you're just drawn in. And the fact that he would pull those shows off with no notes and he would just turn the mic on and start talking. And it was just so captivating. And maybe it was his his uh, sort of uh, charismatic or his uh, sort of theatrical style of his presentation. But uh, either way, it really drew me in. And I found it so fascinating. And the nice thing about this book already was, uh, now that I have my hands on it, is how approachable this book is. It's not too heavy. It's not too thick. It's not too much. It's really, really approachable. And I think it comes in bite-sized chunks enough that'll be perfect for the holy season of Lent. But maybe you can clear this up, Al. It's, you don't intend for this just to be a Lenten resource, do you? Uh, absolutely. I, I think sometimes uh, you get pegged into a Lenten uh, meditation because you talk about the cross, uh, you talk about our Lord's passion, his seven last words. Well, as Catholics, we go to Mass every day. And uh, what is the Mass? It is Calvary reenacted. Mm -hmm. um, so really, uh, we are to meditate on the cross every day. It's not just during the season of Lent. And this is what I try to say to people all the time. Don't get boxed in to thinking that you meditate on our Lord's Passion only for a short season of the year. It's something that we're going to meditate on 365 days of the year. Yeah. And so, again, this book with its um, different um, uh, categories or themes uh, will lend itself to people all year. It's, um, uh, again, you can't help it but be sometimes pegged into that category. Mm. Uh, but really, as you flip through the book, you'll start to say, no, no, I can read this book in July. <laughs> I can read this book in, in September. Um, it, there is stuff in there for everyone. Well, yeah, I love absolutely. how you compile these um, by topic. I'm looking just at the table of contents. It's through the seven last words, Calvary and the Mass, which goes through the Confidior and the Sanctus, et cetera, um, which everybody I talk to says, oh, how do, you, how do you stay focused during the Mass, you know, whenever you, um, when it's so easy to get distracted by daily um, just daily occurrences. And so just being able to meditate through those parts of the mass, then it goes through the section three, the holy hour meditations, uh, four stations of the cross, five thoughts for meditation. You go through spiritual battle, you go through sacrifice, encouragement, the Eucharist, blessed mother, six, um, the prayer and meditation and petition. It's just, it's beautiful. I love, and I have a, I love St. Ignatius's material. So like the fact that he's, that you have his discussion and prayer around St. Ignatius. Um, I'm, I'm very, I'm very much looking forward to reading this. So, so thank you for putting this all together. So it's so readily accessible in this outline form, because I know, um, uh, previously we had talked a little bit about how I also found the, the, uh, his various, uh, 
shows and and i was listening to them in the car too just <laughs> youtube set the youtube going and oh this drive. but i this was pre-youtube days yeah well like, that, now we can do youtube yeah too. <laughs> i was downloading and burning cds and uh, and i have i still have all those cds in my house in a little uh, binder where i would listen to them all the time but mm-hmm. this is fascinating stuff now what quick question so the section on the our father mm-hmm. uh, al smith you're calling this the last words or i should say fulton sheen is calling them the last words but that confused me with the seven last sayings of our Lord on the cross. Did Fulton Sheen really call these, the uh, petitions of the Our Father uh, the Lord's last words? Yeah, I, I think you have to understand that um, when you study the body of work of Fulton Sheen, um, you know, he had a 62-year um, consecutive streak with the holy hour in that every day he prayed the holy hour but he also had a 58 year consecutive streak of preaching about the seven last words Uh, he was known for his large crowds that would gather in new york to listen to his good friday addresses and every year on the um, i want to say the catholic hour he would give uh, seven weeks of meditations about our lord's seven last words and that's what was contained in the anthology those were his homilies Uh, that collection of homilies. But he was a master at preaching the seven last words. And so in 1935, he said, I'm going to preach the seven last words and tie it in to the Our Father. And then the following year, he preached the seven last words and tied it into the Mass. Mm. And that's why chapter one and chapter two are kind of tied into the seven last words. But he is just, um, you know, uh, great at stirring our soul and seeing Mm. the connection between our Lord's Our Father and the Our Father. It's, um, you know, he ties in those seven last words to each part of the Our Father. And uh, again, your, your heart just sings. Um, you say, how did he do that? How did he connect that? But he does that both in Calvary and the Mass and the Our Father. I know, and I don't know if I'm making sense or not, but sure. uh, when you read Sheen, uh, that's the beautiful tie-in. So, yeah. Um, you know, again, I think it's one of these things where who would ever think you'd always think, you know, the second word uh, from the cross, he says to the good thief, this day you'll be with me in paradise. Mm-hmm. And Sheen ties it into uh, hallowed be thy name. Uh, the good thief realized just how blessed was the name of Jesus, Amen. that he had faith in Jesus and called on his name and he was saved. Um, yeah. Again, you'd always say, wow, how did he connect the dots there? But he does it so masterfully. Uh, not only in that chapter on the Our Father and the Seven Last Words, but uh, throughout his writings. So uh, 58 consecutive years that he preached on our Lord's passion, his Seven Last Words. Um, I trust Fulton Sheen. I trust Fulton Sheen. (laughs) We're talking with Alan Smith. He is the editor, essentially, the, the guy who put all of this together. But the words themselves belong completely to Archbishop Fulton Sheen. And the, the book is called Lord, Teach Us to Pray. It is an anthology. It is published by uh, Sophia Institute Press. Uh, it's beautifully packaged, by the way, Alan. Again, I love the little icon on, on the front. How did you, or did you choose this icon, or did Sophia Institute Press choose this? How did you come to that? Yeah, uh, Sophia chose that picture, and that's the Desus. Um, um, it's uh, 1500s. It's you know, it's a beautiful, a beautiful picture, and um, uh, both covers. I mean, the cries of Jesus on the cross, uh, a great little picture on the front of that book, and of course, this book uh, just draws you into Christ, and that's what Fulton Sheen wants to do: mm. is bring us to Christ. I think that. Um, you know, 
Go ahead, Teresa. Oh, I was just thinking, um, one of the challenges um, in instructing about prayer um, is that inspiration because prayer is really that building of relationship and that communication with God. And we can get to a point where we're like, well, God knows what I need. So, <laughs> all right, God, take care of it. Like, done. <laughs> it's like, how am I going to spend an entire hour in adoration? And so I think this is a fantastic tool mm-hmm. where not only do you have that um, you have that inspiration of love from Fulton Sheen and that experiential ability to connect with God. Um, but you also have this history and this theology that gives you that intellectual understanding as well as that motion of the heart to be lifted to God. Mm. And so I really think this is a fantastic gift um, that you've put together as far as collecting his words works in a very tangible way because there's so much material there's so mm-hmm. much material from Fulton Sheen yeah and so um, I think this would be a great gift for Lent so Sophia and Stu Press one more time is the uh, the publisher we'll link to the book on our live video feed now we're on Facebook YouTube and Twitter you can find us on all three platforms just by searching for GRN online however we cheat a little bit when it comes to links. We generally only post them on the video feed on our Facebook post. So you can find that at facebook.com forward slash GRN online. Uh, but we're talking to Alan Smith, and he is the editor of this brand new book on prayer and meditation from Archbishop Fulton Sheen. And uh, Adrian Fonseca, you got a question? Yes, absolutely. I was wondering uh, from Mr. Smith, if, you, if someone um, was just trying to first get into Fulton Sheen and they were trying to figure out how do I how do I pray properly? I've never prayed really before, and this is like totally new to me. Like this whole prayer thing. Um, what advice would Fulton Sheen give that person? Well, he would, uh, of course, say to everyone, "You have to start with bite-sized pieces." Um, there's a whole that whole chapter on the holy hour uh, is really what I call a catechesis in itself. He talks. Uh, he gives you ten reasons to make a holy hour. And, of course, if you're not sold on the holy hour after reading those, that section about the ten reasons, I don't know what. But he, <laughs> takes, us on, <laughs> he takes us on a journey where he says, okay, here's, I want to coach you. Mm-hmm. Just listen. <laughs> listen to him. Sit, be still, and know that I am God. And there are story after story of people that say, I went into a Catholic church. I sat in front of the tabernacle. Or I went to an adoration chapel, and I just sat there for five minutes and he spoke to me. There's something about just being in the mm. Lord's presence that is life-changing. And he invites us into that. And then, of course, if you read these short meditations, he takes you on a spiritual journey where he talks about the incarnation. He talks about how God enters your soul, how you can lose the Lord, how you can lose your salvation. Mm. And you need to deny yourself to work at it. Uh, receive the Eucharist if you can. Mm-hmm. You have the Blessed Mother in your life. Um, he will give you these little tidbits of, of, of affirmation and encouragement to just keep saying, talk to me, yeah. be with me. The Lord wants to be with you. He thirsts, those words from the cross, I thirst. So uh, it's that relationship. And sometimes you don't have to do all the talking, although I know we're all guilty <laughs> of, of when we were before the Lord. Lord, yeah. I'm talking here. Okay. That's right. <laughs> uh, but it's that idea of listening. I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you very much. You know, and it's so important, too, uh, to emphasize the, the incredible option we have 
to just go and be in the presence of the Almighty. Now, maybe some of us are like, well, Joe, Al, I don't live in an area where I have perpetual adoration. Well, you know what? Start the petition with your local parish priest to get that set up right away by recruiting the volunteers who will be perpetual adorers to ensure that uh, our Lord is never lonely. However, Go in front of the tabernacle and just be in front of tabernacles. One of my favorite things to do when I travel is to visit churches and to pray in front of their tabernacles. It's an amazing opportunity to be with the Lord. Uh, And Fulton Sheen, there's no, I mean, very few saints uh, will give us as great of an example as Fulton Sheen has, uh, which makes me want to turn, but while we still have time during our radio program, I I do want to ask you, uh, Al, about uh, your reaction to the delayed beatification. So we're talking about venerable Fulton Sheen, but I think we all want him to be blessed Fulton Sheen and someday Saint Fulton Sheen. Uh, What was your take on the delayed beatification process? Um, it didn't surprise me because in this journey, there's been roadblocks bo- put up before. Lots um, of roadblocks. Uh, yeah, a lot of roadblocks. So I was invited to be on the board of directors of the Archbishop Sheen Foundation in 2012. And so I had the absolute privilege of working with Bishop Janke, uh, the team there in the Diocese of Peoria. And uh, I know every time we met and we prayed, they said, listen. The devil will do everything he can to stop this. Um, And so we knew we were going to be in a battle, a real battle. And uh, we saw it all along the way. And in 2014, when there was that first pause, we call it, uh, with the wrestling over uh, Fulton Sheen's body, um, our vice postulator at the time, Father Andrew Apostoli, just said, we're going to have to double down on prayer and be faithful. And uh, so when this uh, latest pause happened, we just know it's, it's with the territory. It comes with the territory. It yeah. comes with the territory. But, you know, all things for God, it, I consider it a blessing in a way mm-hmm. um, because Fulton Sheen's writings now are even being looked at more, saying, what's, what's, what's this Fulton Sheen all about? What's all the controversy? And all of a sudden, I start to read one of his articles or one of his books, and they say, ah, I don't think there's any disagreement that he is a saint. I think we all have this conviction. Uh, he is blessed. He is a saint. And if you visit uh, his tomb and you kneel in front of the tomb, um, it's amazing. Miracles are happening. And so I don't doubt that at all. But uh, the delay, I just kind of went, yep. Uh, well, it was the, expected. The miracle that was attributed to his cause that would have made him a beatif- uh, blessed was the resurrection of a child dead for 60 minutes or something, right? Yep. Yeah. That's a yes. pretty substantial... Uh, the child was not alive for 60 whole minutes, and then miraculously he came back to life, and the, uh, the attribution was to his uh, Archbishop Fulton Sheen's intercession. That's a major miracle and a sign, which is why the church uh, uses that process to help uh, determine these things. And it's sad for all of us, I think, not to be able to say blessed Fulton Sheen. Um, but going back to the book a little bit here and sort of tying into some of these questions about Fulton Sheen and the beatification process, the section on the Mass, was it's really profound. It's really great. It breaks down the parts of the Mass and gives you a meditation from Fulton Sheen on those parts. But one of the points I wanted to point out was... I noticed that it's clear that in that section he's referring to the extraordinary form of the Mass. Uh, what, was, uh, what was the years that you took those writings from? 
That was 1936. Okay. And so that was the only mass that the church knew yeah. uh, was uh, the, the Latin mass. And uh, But still, I, I, I apply it to the mass of today. Um, it, there really is, you, it, you get it. So you think of the words, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That's the confidior. Mm. Well, that's where we say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, you know, the, the offertory, uh, when he says to the good thief, this day you'll be with me in paradise, we place ourselves, we become the little host on the paten, mm. just as the, the good thief was. Uh, and you go through this whole uh, series of the Mass, the, um, the, you know, the holy, holy, holy is... Woman, behold your son. Son, behold your mother. Um, you can't be holy without the Blessed Virgin Mary. <laughs> you got that? <laughs> take, that to, take that to the bank. <laughs> take that take to that the to bank. bank. We're talking with Al Smith, and we're talking about this brand new book from Fulton Sheen called uh, Lord, Teach Us to Pray. It's published by Sophia Institute Press. We have about uh, three, four minutes left in our radio show program with Al. Uh, but afterwards, when we go off the air across the Guadalupe Radio Network, we stay on the live video feed for a little while longer on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can find us on all three platforms at GRN Online. Just look for GRN Online. And uh, today it's going to be cut. The after show is going to be a little shorter, 15 minutes. i got to catch a plane. I'm flying to D.C., so if you're in the DMV area and you want to come meet, why not come by the WMET studios there in downtown Washington, D.C.? Yeah. Yeah, I said that out loud. You can come to downtown Washington, D.C. and come hang out. I'd love to show you the studio. But, uh, Al, as we begin to wrap up our conversation today, um, what do you hope will be the biggest takeaway from this book? What, what do you really want to be the fruit of this labor? Yeah. Um, I dedicated the book to St. Joseph. I put it under his protection, his care. because That's he taught. Yes. He taught our Lord how to pray. Mm-hmm. And so... I wanted to put it into his hands. And he was one of the first adorers of our Lord, uh, beginning in Bethlehem. And, of course, he spent his whole life with our Lord adoring him. So uh, for both adoration and prayer, put it in the hands of St. Joseph. Now, what I want to achieve and hope for everyone is that they develop a holy habit. Mm. This, This whole thing of a holy habit of prayer... I just want you to develop good habits, and that's what Fulton Sheen will do. He will help you. Uh, These bite-sized pieces bring you along. You start to think of, again, our Lord's love for you. He died on the cross. Fulton Sheen will remind you, page after page after page, that God loves you and that your life is worth living. So bite-sized pieces, holy habits, that's what I wanted to achieve by you know, sharing this book with the world. And I'll let Fulton Sheen and St. Joseph take care of the rest, and, of course, the Blessed Mother. So, yeah, I um, find it fascinating because we talked to Father Donald Calloway about his consecration to St. Joseph uh, back in December, I think it was, mm-hmm. and, uh, and my family made the consecration. Uh, it was an incredible journey, and it does seem that we've come into an era of St. Joseph. So here's another affirmation sign of St. Joseph, this incredible, silent, strong uh, foster father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Savior of the Savior, as they say. So uh, did did Fulton Sheen himself have a devotion to St. Joseph? Um, I'm sure he did. I think we always just consecrated, concentrated on his devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Mm. Uh, But where she is, he is. Um, You know, they're, they're just, they're, they're united so beautifully. 
St. Joseph was always hidden. So I know that uh, Fulton Sheen would have had a devotion to St. Joseph. Mm -hmm. Didn't write a great deal about him. Uh, but again, his energies were always on presenting our Lord, Our Lady, and uh, a way of life that we could all practice. And um, uh, But I think in his heart of hearts, I'm sure he was a man uh, true to St. Joseph and, uh, of course, prayed to him often. <laughs> My computer's making funny noises, and Tim and I are giving us giving giving the signs there. But well, we're talking with uh, Al Smith, and we're just about out of time for our radio side of the program today. The book is called "Lord Teach Us to Pray." It is a brand new book from Archbishop Fulton Sheen, and who knew that was possible? I mean, I think he died in 1978, but still, he's publishing. That's how prolific a writer Fulton Sheen really, really was. How many books did he write out? Uh, he wrote, some people say 66, I say about 70, um, and then many books have been written uh, just, you know, using his radio transcripts, and uh, there's lots of material out there. Uh, but let's just say 66 is the number I always hear all the time, but um, all, right. all of them are good. All right, well, hold that thought. Uh, Al, you can hang out with us for the after show. And to everybody else, God bless you. Thanks for hanging out with us today. If you're interested in picking up your copy of Lord Teach Us to Pray, go to Sophia Institute Press's website. Just Google it. You'll find it. It's very easy. It's sophiainstitute.com. And get your copy today in time for the holy season of Lent. Your opportunity to do prayer, fasting, to do penance, almsgiving, to grow closer to Christ in intimacy through the power and intercession of his blessed mother and his foster father, St. Joseph, and through the meditative guide of uh, the hopefully someday soon, St. Fulton Sheen. Pray for us. That's going to do it for the radio side of our GRN Alive Monday edition. want to thank Tim, Adrian, Tito, and Teresa, and we're going to hang out for another 15 minutes or so on the after show on the video side. So if you're hanging out with us, let us know in the comments. We'll see you next time. God bless you. Thank you for listening to GRN Alive. From the studios of the Guadalupe Radio Network. For more faith, fun, and facts, join our email list. Just text the letters GRN to the number 42828. That's GRN to the number 42828. And take Jesus wherever you go this week. Welcome to the after show of the GRN Alive Monday edition. It's where we hang out for a little while longer, and uh, it's a little more casual. We let our hair down. Some of us have more hair than others. Uh, and uh, we conversate about the show and the topics, and uh, Al is still on with us, so it's good to have you back, Al. I just want to mention that uh, Maria is watching us from Hong Kong. Oh, wow. And so, cool. Maria, thanks for hanging out with us on yes. the video feed over on Facebook. Now, uh, Maria, earlier in the program, we did talk about Cardinal Zen and his effort to sound the alarm of, of what's going on with the, uh, the Catholic faithful there throughout China and in Hong Kong itself. So, uh, you know, Cardinal Zen, we're definitely in support of him and praying for him and uh, praying for a, a turnaround for the faithful there in China and definitely with this coronavirus, uh, a coronavirus rather, or they're calling it COVID-19 now. Oh, I hadn't heard that. Yeah, they, they, they apparently a... wanted something non-offensive. So, <laughs> uh, so they, yeah, COVID-19. So that's obviously a major deal there. And we're praying for everybody affected by that as well. So. Yes. Uh, so, uh, yes, Adrian. Uh, I just wanted to ask uh, Mr. Smith about 
uh, what his favorite uh, Fulton Sheen book is, or at least his current favorite, because I know picking favorites is difficult. Yeah, uh, my favorite book it's still uh, <laughs> Victory Over Vice. Uh, this is the book that got me hooked. Uh, this book, uh, I read this in 2009, and it put me on the journey. Um, it put me on the Sheen train, if you want to call sheen it train. that. But, full, uh, full Sheen, sheen ahead. Sheen train. And this book, uh, Fulton Sheen, what he did was uh, he stirred my heart. Uh, this is a book on the seven deadly sins and how um, Fulton Sheen applied the seven last words of Christ uh, as the antidote for the seven deadly sins. Uh, sin of anger, Father, forgive them. Mm. The sin of uh, envy, mm-hmm. you know, this day you'll be with me in paradise. The sin of lust, woman, behold your son. The sin of um, pride, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Mm-hmm. The sin of gluttony, I thirst. The sin of laziness, it is finished. And the sin of uh, greed, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Wow. Fulton Sheen made me feel guilty. <laughs> and, uh, so he got me. And this is still, I tell everybody, you want to start with a simple, less than 100-page book? Read Victory or Vice. Yeah. Available from Sophia Institute Press. This well, is the yeah. book that started it all. And what cracks me up is whenever you said he made me feel guilty. I know I hear a lot of people say, oh, Catholics have such a guilt complex. But what I want to point out for our <laughs> listeners is... You know what? It's not it's not about the guilt. It's about the solutions. We have solutions that are offered to us. And Sheen is just so practical. He's so practical in his application and making what our Lord said, you know, applicable to today and Mm -hmm. to our daily life. And so that that's what's inspiring about him, too. And I think he's got so much dynamic range. Mm -hmm. Right. If you read uh, World's First Love, it's a little more heady. It's a little more uh, technical. Um, but then you can, like you said, these meditations, these small, small meditative books, they're easy to read. They're easy to consume. And, uh, and it just it's feels so good, right? It makes mm-hmm. you feel warm and fuzzy. But uh, and yet he's capable of this high intellect technical writing as well. So he's got a lot of dynamic range that way. Yeah, that, the, the World's First Love, I read that book and uh, had difficulty getting through it, yeah. which was amazing, which was surprising to me because I enjoyed watching his uh, television programs. I know, exactly. So this new book coming out, in little bits and pieces, it sounds much more to my taste as right. far as being yeah. able to get through and finish a book. Yeah, I mean, some of these uh, meditations that you put in here, Alan, they're like a page, not even a page. Some of them are a page, some of them are like a page and a half, maybe two total, you know, so you can really chew on these uh, every day during the holy season of Lent and have no issues whatsoever getting through it. Right. And, and what Fulton Sheen, um, in his um, training, I, when I talk about the 10 reasons to make a holy hour, uh, he tells people, you know, just take in the scriptures with you to your holy hour. Just read a little bit of the scriptures and then close the book and meditate. Um, it's the same idea with this book. Just read uh, one or two uh, little sayings close the book, meditate mm-hmm. on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's amazing. I mean, prayer is our conversation with God, and meditation is his conversation with us. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think this is the idea. And, you know, especially on the Blessed Virgin Mary, she can um, close the deal with just three or four little uh, sayings. That, yeah. You know, he always would say, if you want to be formed, um, if you want to become a Christian, mm-hmm. and you want to be Christ-like, go to her. She formed Christ for 30 years. Uh, she'll help you, too. So, yeah. um, you know, uh, he pre-existed his mother, 
So he got to make his own mother. So you don't think she's the best? Uh, absolutely. I mean, little things like that. He mm -hmm. just wins you over and you realize I need a relationship with the Blessed Virgin Mary. I would be uh, silly to, tr to go out and not have a life with her. So uh, all these things, but small bite-sized pieces. Again, read it, meditate. You're good. You you're know, I, I want to turn to topics that may be a little more con on the controversial end when it, in regards to Fulton Sheen. I'm not trying to stir up trouble intentionally, but I'm just, I was sitting here thinking about his life and, and how much effort he put into really combating communism in his mm -hmm. day. And, I th and the thought just occurred to me, what would Archbishop Fulton Sheen say in light of Cardinal Zen trying to sound the alarm against what the Vatican, which Cardinal Zen's words, Cardinal Paroline, has crafted this deal that is not a good deal for the faithful. What, I mean, I, it could be pure speculation, but what do you think Fulton Sheen would think about all of this? Well, he would always uh, point to Christ, and this is what Sheen, you know, I realized is that no matter what problem it was, he would always point to Christ and say, he suffered too. Um, you know, he was maligned. He was lied uh, about um, um, all of these things. He had to deal with the Pharisees and, you know, yeah. the, the government officials. Uh, he would always point it back to the life of Christ. So what's happening in China is what was happening in his time mm -hmm. to some degree. But he would always just say that, you know, suffering is part of the package. Suffering is part of this. Now, would he try to uh, intervene and provide wisdom and a um, you know, uh, solutions? Absolutely. And that's why Sheen it was a lightning rod. He wasn't afraid to talk about the issues of the day. I mean, people yeah. would say, why are you talking about communism all the time? Well, it was the real enemy at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, he wrote m many books about communism and war um, because that was the real issue of the day. So he would be writing about yeah. The Chinese today, if he was alive. So, do you? Um, what was his? What was his uh, devotion of uh, Fatima? Did he have? Well, yes, of course. Um, he uh, visited Fatima. I think he had more of a devotion to Our Lady of Lourdes. Yeah, for sure. Uh, because he went there thirty times. Um, mentioned <laughs> yeah. That. Other than so, that, what was your first uh, <laughs> clue? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, one of his one of my favorite stories that he's told was uh, about the praying the novena, going there as a young priest and not having the money, but uh, making the sacrifice oh, yeah, to go anyway. One. And he he stayed in the hotel and for nine days prayed at the grotto that uh, that the Our Lady would pay the bill. And uh, on the ninth night, you know, he's out of luck. He's out of options. He goes one last time to pray. And some American walks up and says, uh, are you American? Can you, do you know, for Paris, can you be our guide? Well, sure. Have you paid your hotel bill? And he goes, that was the most interesting question I'd ever heard. So, yeah, he's got a big devotion to Lourdes. But the reason why I ask about Fatima is because of Our Lady's warning about communism spreading its errors. Uh, we asked this to Stephen Mosier last week, and he said, you know, he told us about the direct connection of communism from USSR down into China under Mao. And uh, we're seeing the communist uh, spread. Now it's spread, uh, you know, into South America and, and, and beyond. Vermont. And, right. So uh, I, I'm just very curious on what his, uh, what his relationship was and what he thought of Our Lady's warnings and uh, messages to the three yeah. shepherd children in Fatima 1917. Well, he dedicated one of his uh, television shows to Our Lady of Fatima, and mm -hmm. he showed parts of that feature film that was um, 
uh, made years ago. So uh, he presented that to the world. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you've got this audience, this 30 million people watching on television uh, in the 50s, and he then dedicates one show to Our Lady of Fatima and the, the, the children, the messages. Um, he was saying, look at this, read this, study this, mm -hmm. um, and take heed to that warning. So uh, Fulton Sheen was a, a very much a Fatima promoter uh, in his time. Um, but I think a lot of times, again, he did so many things and talked about so many topics. Mm -hmm. I think it gets filed away. But now we're just starting to go back and look at what he said in 1947 yeah. and in 1933. So, and that's the brilliance of him being a saint yeah. is that uh, truth never goes out of season. It never, never. goes out of season. Yeah. So. And his words always ring true, right? I mean, but so when the beatification got delayed and I, like I interviewed Patrick Coffin and I was watching a lot of the commentary on, on YouTube and elsewhere from Catholics, uh, you know, the, some of the criticisms of Fulton Sheen came up. Uh, for instance, uh, his interview with uh, Buckley towards the end of his life. Have you seen that interview, by the way? Yeah, I have. I, yeah. you know, I, I, I listen to the critics. Mm -hmm. um, like behind me is the, this is the Positio. This is the 2,000-page document. It's the two life. volumes. Yeah. It's this huge thing. So this is 2,000 pages of praise. A Fulton Sheen. Right. Oh, I know. <laughs> Where, yeah. Okay. Now, okay. the point I want to draw out from this is if you watch the Buckley interview, you, you, you do get this kind of squirmy little feeling listening to uh, Venerable Fulton Sheen seemingly make excuses for some modern inventions. And, and you're feeling a little uneasy in that, especially if you've been a fan of his for a long time. Now, I, I get the sense, though, that he was always a stalwart son of the church. Uh, and in the 30s, when it was easier because the church and her teaching and her doctrine uh, were far greater, greater aligned, uh, but now there in the 70s, towards the end of his life, and he was having so much trouble with Spellman in New York, that do you get the sense that he was a little shell shocked by the by those final days? Yeah, I you know there's a couple things I think of. One, we all don't have. We we all don't have perfect days. I mean, there's. there's <laughs> You've been talking to my I, wife again. Has she been telling you stories? Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, I I go sometimes on interviews and I can't even get words out of my mouth. I'm thinking about other things or whatever. So, the day that that um, message was recorded, mm -hmm. it may not have been. Again, he's human. He's human. Um, so, um, this is what I find. And yeah, was it difficult at the end? Yeah, they were putting the pressure on him. I mean, they were trying to um, make sure that he didn't get many speaking gigs, that, uh, you know, mm -hmm. there was a professional jealousy amongst the clergy. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, it was tough going for him. Um, but, you know, St. John Paul II said it well when he said uh, he embraced him at St. Patrick's Cathedral and said, you have written and spoken well of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You yeah. are a loyal son of the church. Yeah. I mean, hearing that from St. John Paul II, I agree with those words. I do, too. Most. But I guess my frustration, though, in light of the scandal over these last few years that has really come out of the darkness, is I, I guess I find myself frustrated with loyal sons of the church who've always wanted to deal with the church's dirty laundry in secret behind closed doors. And then when it, when it comes out into the light, we feel a little betrayed by it all. And I, I'm wondering if Fulton Sheen... Um, I, I love Fulton Sheen. I want him to be a saint. I think he ought to be a saint, uh, criticisms aside. But I find that he's probably in the same camp, coming from an era where 
or like with Padre Pio, for instance. Yeah. Uh, when Padre Pio was, had the um, was put in under uh, uh, penalty, for instance, by the Holy Office. Uh, you know, he had a, a benefactor who wrote a book on the dirt of his biggest critics, which happened to be an archbishop. And the Vatican office, the Holy Office, bought every copy of the book so it would never see the light of day. Things like that would go on. And I think Fulton Sheen comes from that same era. And I get the sense that he didn't want to see the church's dirty laundry in public, even when, the, like, for instance, with the Spellman situation, it was... It was an unjust uh, treatment of him personally. He still did not want that to be public. Absolutely. And he wrote that in his autobiography, Treasures of Clay. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just said, I don't want to bring that up. It's over. It's done with. Um, the facts are, they're in. I mean, when Cardinal Spellman and Bishop Sheen went to the Holy Father to settle the disagreements, mm-hmm. the Holy Father sided with Bishop Sheen. Yes. Amen. Okay. Was was Cardinal Spellman upset? Absolutely. Uh, did he try to take it out on him? Most likely. But <laughs> she she never uh, wanted to bring that up in public. He yeah. just thought, no, I want to focus on the Lord. I yeah. want to focus on the Lord. Bring souls to Christ. Forget about all the politics. Forget about all that stuff. Mm. That will take care of itself. Uh, but concentrate on Jesus, Jesus Christ. And you know, so. it was disappointing at the beatification delay because they tried to rope him in on the, onto the DA's uh, report that could be coming out where his name may be mentioned. But when we look at the facts, which we dealt with with our Patrick Coffin episode, I encourage everybody to go watch that again. Uh, it's clear that Fulton Sheen's innocent of any, any cover-up or wrongdoing in any case in, in Rochester. Yeah. When you're a bishop of a diocese, you're going to be uh, criticized. If you close a parish, they're going to criticize you. If you transfer a priest, you're going to be criticized. I mean, there are people that will criticize every move that Fulton Sheen made when he was the bishop of Rochester, mm-hmm. but that's just negative news. That's just people that don't want to see what's the positive of all the good things he did while he was in Rochester. But mm-hmm. um, it's, the, it's the society we live in. And uh, sadly, it is what it is. But we're here on the radio talking about <laughs> Fulton Sheen and how great his writings are. So be it, you know. Yeah, amen. I'm sure we're going to find all kinds of things that saints did wrong. And we need to remember that saints are not perfect. Only Jesus is perfect. So the saints... Well, some the, of them were. Mary are, is a good example oh, y- of that. Yes. Oh, you got me yeah. there. <laughs> some is one. <laughs> in this case. St. So. Joseph did pretty good for himself. Yeah. Uh, you know, as Father Calloway's book is... Uh, very thorough in uh, in detailing the virtues and incredibleness of St. Joseph in a way I guarantee we've never considered before. Yeah. So I learned a lot going through that process. But uh, I love Fulton Sheen. This is going to be a great book and a great resource. And, you know, the, the, uh, we have just about a minute before we need to sign off because i got to run and catch a plane. But um, the section on the Mass, being uh, tied to the extraordinary form of the Mass, I found that fascinating uh, that that's still there. And, yeah, it's applicable to the Nova Sordo. But I, I, I thought... You know, during the season of Lent, it would be great if a Catholic who has never been to an extraordinary form of the Mass, that would be a great thing to do just once, you know, during the holy season of Lent. Go to an extraordinary form of Mass after reading this section. And then go sit there and don't do anything. Don't worry about doing anything or having to figure out the parts or understanding where the languages are. Just sit there and soak it all in. Just soak it in. And uh, and ponder the words of Fulton Sheen on the holy beauty of the Mass, because 
it was that image that he had in his mind when Amen. he wrote these words. And I think there might be uh, this with that combined may be a, a beautiful experience during the holy season of Lent. What do you think, Alan? Absolutely. I think of what Fulton Sheen said. He says, there's no better preacher than the dying Christ, and there's no better sermon than the seven last words. So when you go to Mass and you just see, you know, Calvary reenact it, you, you get it. You just yeah. go, Father, forgive. I'm yeah. sorry. You know, it's like, I mean, you all of a sudden go, yeah, it is Calvary reenacted. Mm-hmm. And that's why that book's called Calvary and the Mass. Yeah. And so um, you just fall in love because you realize our Lord offered himself for us. And yeah. uh, uh, we get to return the favor and offer ourselves to him. And uh, we Amen. get put on that patent uh, every time at Holy Mass. And uh, we get to see those words too. This is my body. <laughs> I join you, Lord. This is my blood. So uh, being united to Christ, I tell you, Sheen gets it. And he pulls you in. And you'll never be the same. You, you'll go to Mass now and go, I get it. Yeah. I get it. So. Amen. Not about us. It's about giving justice to the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, God incarnate giving him his due, our our fealty and our worship. And that uh, is uh, Lord Teach Us to Pray. Again, Sophia Institute Press is the publisher of the book, sophiainstitute.com. Alan, what's your website? Uh, bishopsheentoday.com so I made it easy bishopsheentoday.com God bless you. Thanks for being on with us today. Oh, you're welcome. Hey, anytime. I love being on the network. And uh, there's always something to say about Fulton Sheen. So uh, maybe we'll have a return visit soon. (laughs) Amen. And with that, we're going to sign off for today uh, because it's a little early. I got to get on an airplane, so I got to run. But uh, don't forget to tune in Friday for GRN Live Friday edition with Dave Palmer, my colleague. He's always doing a wonderful job with his topics and guests. And you can catch the podcast of all these shows through our mobile app. Just download the GRA, Guadalupe Radio Network app. You can search for it on Android and iOS. It's free. You can listen to your local station, clear as crystal, 24-7, and go to the flyout, and then you can get to the podcast of this show and the Friday show. You can also watch the video of these programs on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Just search for us with at GRN Online. And with that, I'm going to say goodbye. God bless you all. Have a great day. And... Uh, I guess uh, Ash Wednesday. No, we'll have another show before Ash Wednesday. Yes, right? One, yes. one more before Ash Wednesday, and yes. who knows what we'll cover. You will have to tune in to find out. God bless you all.